Welcome back to the Relationship Mentors podcast. My name is Mia and we are here with Charlie. So last week we put up on our stories asking you guys to send in a lot of questions that you guys have about your relationship. So in this episode, we are going to go through and answer a bunch of those questions. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, let's go straight into it. So the first question was, how can I help my boyfriend understand self-worth more? I get a few of these messages. I used to coach a lot of men and... A lot of women would message me asking, hey, my boyfriend's low self-worth is affecting the relationship. How can I help him see his self-worth, gain more confidence, get more certain in himself? And it's something that really spoils relationships when one partner isn't happy in themselves. Maybe they're beating themselves up about it. Maybe they've got things on their mind that they're stressed about. So the main thing with self-worth is helping him to unpack that stuff, asking deeper questions. What's something that's on his mind? that he needs to get off? What's he stressing about? What's maybe something he's not opening up about? What's something he feels guilt about, feels shame about? What are these low energies that he's hanging on to that you could help him unpack? So the way to help him with self-worth, I'd say, is ask better questions, check in with him, see how he's doing, ask, what can I do to make your days a little bit easier? What's something that is on your mind? What's something that you still worry about from the past? Like all these little questions help him open up and really unload what's on his mind. So I'd say that was self-worth. What would you say about if a woman's struggling with self-worth? Would it be something different or the same? No, I think you really covered it. I do, do believe it goes both ways. And because it's like opening up, sorry, yeah, it's opening up. So that could look like different to both of them. Mm. However, you'd still ask the same questions to encourage the other person to open up, even if that insecurity is different on both sides. Yeah, it's all about asking those deeper questions to get your partner to open up. And And realizing it's affecting the relationship. A relationship is made up of two happy people. So if there's one person who's maybe anxious or depressed or has low self-worth, low confidence, that's gonna affect the whole relationship. So it's in both of your best interest to get that sorted. Exactly, and you asking questions for them to open up more you're creating that safe space so Mm. whenever it comes up again in the future they will potentially feel more comfortable to bring it up without you even having to ask however to initially create that environment Mm. you need to be the one to create it give them them. that opportunity exactly amazing next question the next question is how do i date after my toxic ex oh what do you reckon on this one so i believe it is If you have dated a toxic person in the past or what you believe, deem as toxic, it's super important that you've reflected on that relationship and also saw where you didn't stand up for yourself. How did you contribute into that relationship? And just to make sure that you don't bring that into your future relationships and making sure that once you've reflected on your past toxic relationship, that you've made sure that you've healed from all those different areas is Mm before getting into that new relationship because the last thing you want to do is project the hurt that you felt and hatred towards your ex-partner and put that onto your new new partner. Yeah, great, great quote you always say is, unhealed wounds from the past bleed on the next people you meet. And it plays out so often. I speak to people, often clients, that they are still angry at their ex-partner and it's affecting their current relationship. Maybe their partner cheated on them and they still feel this pain towards them. They still feel this anger that they can't let go of. And the only thing it's affecting is the relationship, right? It's not affecting your ex-partner. So if your ex, if your old relationship was toxic, then figure out what was it in you that attracted that relationship? 
How did you end up in that relationship? Why did you allow yourself to get into that relationship? Why did you keep it going for longer than it should have? Ask these questions to figure out what was the root cause of that? Why was I doing that in the first place? Because humans don't do things for no reason. So figure out why you attracted that relationship so you can change those things ready for your next relationship. And see your responsibility. How did you play a part in that? Because it's so easy just to offload the blame onto your ex-partner because he was toxic or she was toxic. But recognize you have a part to play in that too. Mm, That's really good. And also knowing that your ex-partner isn't the same as your new partner. Like if your Mm. ex-partner cheated on you, don't treat your new partner as if they are going to or have cheated on you. Yeah, people generalize, don't they? This is what all women are like. This is what all men are like. It's like, no, that's what that one person was like. It's not going to be the same for the next partner if you change your ways. Excellent. Let's go on to the next question, which is what questions do you ask before getting into a serious relationship? I feel like setting your long-term goals together of what that other person wanted. Like before we made it official, you were like, are you wanting a serious relationship right now? You just straight up said that. Like, I don't want to sleep around with anyone except for someone I want to get into a long-term relationship with. I was like, amazing, that's what I want as well. I want a long-term relationship. It's like, cool. That is stage one, I think. And then it's seeing long-term. It's like, what are your values? Are you wanting kids? Are you wanting to get married? Are you wanting to travel? Are you wanting to buy a house? Do you like sport? Do you like exercise? Do you want to do this? Do you like going out clubbing? Or do you like being introverted and having quiet nights? So it's matching up the type of person they are. What do they want in the long run? And does that line up with what you want? Yeah, that's exactly my response to it as well. It's important to make sure that you know what your own values are and what you're wanting out of your future and then communicating that with your potential partner and seeing if they're on the same page as you. And if they're not, that's totally okay. You're both choosing, like you haven't committed, not in a committed relationship yet. It's to make sure that you're on the same page. And if you don't align, that's okay. And so many people ignore that stuff. They'll put the blinders on and not see all the red flags, not see that you're not the right person for each other. You just keep going because, oh, I get a bit of connection. I'm getting a bit of love. I'm getting a bit of attention. I want this to keep going. So I'll ignore all the red flags that this person isn't the one. And then six months into a relationship when all the novelty's worn off, you get to a point where you're like, oh, this actually wasn't my person. The red flags were shown throughout the relationship, but I chose to ignore them at the start because I was getting the connection and the attention I wanted. So it's important to see if this person's the right person. And if it isn't, leave that because it's not worth spending five minutes with someone you wouldn't be with in five years. So get clear on that. Yeah, my biggest thing as well is like there is generally so many people in the world that it's like just because that one person wasn't a match, that doesn't mean the next person or five people down the track is actually going to be the right person for you. Mm. So I think a lot of people go into like asking the other person the questions like, oh, they don't, they aren't a match for me. However, they purposely put the blinders on because they've never met anyone else that has ticked at least one or two of their boxes. Yet, I can say there are people out there that are going to want the same things in life as you are. Yeah, you've just got to be patient. You've just got to do the work on yourself. You've just got to put yourself out there in the right environment. Okay, so the next question is, what questions do you ask during a relationship check-in? So a relationship check-in is something that Charlie and I do every single week. And we always encourage our clients to do that within their relationship as well. It's honestly the best way to bring up any 
complications <laughs> that have occurred throughout the week. Mm. And it's also a great moment in your relationship and through the week to actually give praise and appreciation for your partner that may have gone unnoticed through the week mm. as well. It's like yeah. a relationship check-in isn't just about bringing up problems. It's also about bringing up the things that you love most about your partner for them to get, like when you, we talk about it, you mentioned a few nice things that I did for you that week, which I didn't even realize I was doing yet. That makes me feel like, oh, okay, I'm doing a good job as a girlfriend right now. Yeah, relationship check-ins are such the backbone of your relationship. It's when you come together every single week, there's stability, there's a non-negotiable thing every single week where you're coming together and actually speaking about the relationship and you're checking in from the week just gone anything that's swept under the rug because the big conflicts in your relationship are things that are swept under the rug for a long period of time until they blow up in the future. So when you have a relationship check-in, you make sure nothing's being swept under the rug. You're all good. You're checking in with each other. And then you're setting expectations for the week ahead as well. So it's so, so important. So what do you feel like, like we do a relationship check-in every week. What do you feel like the most important questions are? Yeah, so I was gonna say within our conflict codes program and the love matrix program, we mm. do give out our exact questions that we do every single week. However, if we just go over our favorite questions is, I feel like the funniest one is always the first question, which is, are we spending enough time together? Mm. And anyone that has listened to us for a while, you know that Charlie and I spend 24 seven together. So we've actually changed that question to like, are we spending, too much time together or are we spending not enough quality time together mm, difference between quality and quantity of time so yeah. when we ask that question a lot of couples don't spend enough time together so i feel like the question for you guys would be are we spending enough quality time together <laughs> that would be the first question i'd ask so and then one of my my second favorite question i feel like that one is the funniest question because <laughs> we spend so much time together yes and then my actual first my favorite question would be, what is something I did this week that made you feel appreciated? It's the small things. People love feeling appreciated and sometimes in the moment people can take it for granted. If Mia cooks me breakfast and I just take the breakfast and eat it and don't say thank you. It's like, it's such a small thing, but that thing builds up over time. Or even the smallest things like making the bed or taking the bins out or giving me reassurance the smallest things can make your partner feel so loved and appreciated. But often you don't hear that because it's so normal, right? Yeah, it's like so, so it's awesome every single week. So you actually check in and see what little things made you feel appreciated. Then you learn so much about the other person of what actually makes them feel loved. Mm. What would you say your next favorite question is? I feel like, is there anything that's been bothering you lately that we haven't spoke about yet? There's things that get on people's mind and it plays on their mind and they don't feel like they can bring it up to their partner maybe or they don't feel open enough, they don't feel confident enough. So opening up that invitation to your partner by saying, hey, is there anything that's been bothering you that we haven't spoke about yet? Because it might be little things that they feel some guilt or shame or worry around, but asking that simple question opens up the door for them to open up about what's going on in their mind so it doesn't turn into this big thing because they ref if they don't say something about something that happened and then a week goes past and then two weeks goes past and then it's been a month and then they're like there's no point bringing it up now then that still gets stored under the surface i can blow up later so that question is really powerful and if you ask that every single week you make sure things don't drag on for ages 
And then I believe also for me, the hardest question that we ask each week is, is there anything that I've done this week that you would like me to change or stop doing? Mm. It's something along those lines. And for me, that's always the hardest one because I'm like, oh my God, brace myself if there's like something that I'm doing that isn't great. <laughs> oh, so it always makes me, attached. Yeah, like it makes me so nervous every single week and you've never said anything to that. However, there's always just a long pause and you're really thinking for a long time. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. One more question for them. What should we say? I feel like an important one is setting expectation for the week ahead. Mm -hmm. So what are your goals this week and how can I support you with them? What are your goals this week and how can I support you? So you check in with the other person. What's really important for you this week to achieve? What would make you feel great? And how can I support you with that? I feel like a relationship is two people working together to get their own needs met. And when you can help your partner get their needs met, they will appreciate you so much more. So setting expectation for the week ahead and seeing how you can support your partner really makes, it makes me feel loved and it really works well for our clients too. And it's also a great way that way you actually get to share that's in those moments, you're actually sharing your week's ahead schedule with each other. Mm. So you know what's about, like if you have a few client calls this week or if you had a podcast or a big speaking thing, then I get to hear about that if it hasn't come up in conversation yet. And that way we are able to organize our week ahead and organize quality time as well mm. well if, you, if we're having a busy week we're like okay it looks like we won't see each other that much let's organize a sweet date together mm. perfect excellent let's go on to the next question so i am a 20 year old male in a relationship with a 20 year old female but i'm falling for someone else what should i do it's very independent for the, like the context of this situation. We haven't got much details, but if you're falling for someone else, then that is not a good sign. That's a sign that you need to check in with yourself. See like, what do I actually want? Is this relationship it? Because otherwise you're just going to keep that habit going throughout your relationship. And eventually you're going to snap. You're going to cheat on your partner. Something bad's going to happen. You're going to leave them out of the blue. So check in with yourself now before the relationship goes on for years and years and years. Be like, do I actually want this relationship? Because maybe this thing came around for a reason. Maybe the universe is saying, hey, you actually want to be single right now. You want to go explore. You want to be young. You want to go and do this rather than being in a committed relationship. So maybe it's a sign that you need to check in to see if you actually want this relationship. Mm, That's really good. I would definitely recommend for them checking in with themselves initially. Do you want this relationship? And then if it's a no, that is okay. But Mm. make sure that you communicate that, like you end the relationship with your partner before you start entertaining the idea and the thought of pursuing something else with somebody else. Yeah, we've heard of people who are still in a relationship. They're not happy in that relationship, but they entertain other people just to try it out just to like taste it to see what it's like Mm. to be single while they still got one foot in the relationship and one foot out. So that's so disrespectful for your partner. So have some respect. And it's the guy that sent this in, wasn't it? Like have some respect, be a man, stand up for yourself and say, hey, this isn't what I want right now. Be clear in your communication. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, there's nothing worse than I have heard situations of a guy then starting to have feelings for somebody else but they're not just entertaining those thoughts and ideas they're actually 
acting upon that to mm. see if he has a chance with that other girl. And then once he knows that it's a definite yes in that potential new relationship, then he'll end the relationship with his first girl. However, that's the fantasy that I've heard several times from a male's point of view, yet it's never seemed to really work out that way. So it's like, if you start to entertain that idea whatsoever, it's so important that you end that first relationship because you're not respecting your current partner. It'll never work out because that guy's obviously not happy on his own and he's obviously a dick and he'll obviously repeat that pattern in the next relationship. You'll get bored of the next person and you'll want to chase the next thing and you'll want to chase the next thing. Like there's always going to be shiny objects out there. There's always going to be pretty women around, but it's like, you'll never truly be happy until you commit and love yours rather than just chasing the next thing. And then like on that note, if for example, this guy in particular, if he reflects and asks himself, does he want to be in this relationship? And the answer is yes. Then it's stop entertaining that other female, like making sure that you're not, if you're following her, don't follow her, unfollow her. Don't spend extra time with that person. Don't put yourself in those situations. Yeah, don't put yourself in those situations. And create a life you love. If you're overly sexual and you feel a sexual desire towards everyone and you have so much leaky sexual energy, if you think about the chakra system, there's too much energy in your root chakra. And anyone listening to this, you can do research around it. And if there's too much energy in your root chakra, that means you're just over-sexualized and energy isn't spread in other directions. You haven't got a clear vision for your life. You're not connected to your heart. You're not connected to what your purpose is. It's like move the energy upwards and create a life you love rather than being this horny little motherfucker that just wants to fuck everything. <laughs> that was great because... They are 20 as well, so that's very relevant. Yeah, there'd be a lot of <laughs> testosterone at this age. Like, It's natural to for these thoughts to come up and it's just checking in with yourself and seeing what you want. Because maybe at 20, it's a young age to be in a committed relationship. So maybe it's time to explore a little bit, find out who you are, and then come back to it when you're mid-20s. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. So let's move on to the next question, which is what are the best questions to ask slash things to learn about someone in the first few months of a relationship? Hmm. What do you think? (laughs) So I think I really do feel like the first few months of a relationship, like the courting phase, if you're already in a committed relationship, the courting phase has already started to happen and you're still in that newly exciting relationship where you are still getting to know and learn the deeper levels of your significant Mm. other and how you guys work together and intertwine together. So it really is like all the questions that we would ask in a relationship check-in, all the things that you would ask right at the beginning of the relationship, like what we spoke about at the beginning of this podcast, like it's sharing what your future vision is for your life and for their life. And you'll just keep Like as the months go on, as the weeks go on, as the conversations go on, you're just getting to get to a deeper level of understanding of what that looks like for your partner. It's like the beginning months of us before we dated and months of us being in a committed relationship, we were constantly sharing our future goals together. And Mm. each time that we spoke about it, we went into more and more detail. Yeah. It's the transition between your, at the start, you fall in love with the feeling of this person. You fall in love with the excitement, the butterflies. So it's the transition from falling in love with the feeling and the idea of them to falling in love with the person and who they are. So even getting to know their childhood, like 
What was your home like growing up? What was your relationship like with your mum? You don't have to sound like a therapist, but <laughs> just get to know them. Like, what was the hardest moments growing up? What was your funnest experience when you were a child? What was your hardest moments? What was your biggest revelations in life? Like, get to know the person at that level rather than just the feeling. Obviously, it's really fun and you should ride the feeling at the start because it is a great feeling. And it often doesn't come back after the first six months because you go into a deeper relationship. But really get to know the person, not just the experience. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It really is just getting... There's just all these different layers within the relationship. And the first few months, it's still riding that wave of how fun it is to fall in love or like choose to be in love with a new person Mm. and getting to create that new dynamic between the both of you, which I think is really fun and exciting. Yeah. I just wouldn't stress out. Like if you're in the early stages of dating, just have fun, honestly. Yeah. It's like, as long as you both know that on the high value status, you're both on the same page, Mm. enjoy the fun and make the most of the relationship, which I love. Okay. So the next question My relationship just started and we are doing long distance straight away. This is new to both of us and I am freaking out. What do I do? (laughs) Yeah, I get so many messages about long distance relationships. I really feel like if a long distance relationship really shows all the things that you need to work on, it really reveals stuff to you. If you're slightly anxious, if you're slightly avoidant, if you have insecurities, if you've got trust issues, if you're poor with communication, if you are poor with developing intimacy outside of sex. Like all that stuff really gets revealed in a long distance relationship. So it shows everything that you need to work on. And I would say the first thing with a long distance relationship is figuring out the logistics because obviously you don't want to be long distance forever. So how long do you have to be long distance for? And is that worth it? Say they've gone to uni for the next two and a half, three years, and you only see them once a month for a day. It's like, is that worth it? That's a strong chance it's not worth it, right? Don't just hold on to something and the idea of something if you're going to waste three years being miserable in your relationship. So figure out the logistics, like how long are we going to be long distance for? And can we make that work? Is this something I want? And I also find it's like if they find that it's not worth it, if it is a three year years apart from each other and you're only seeing each other once every two months for a week, maybe Mm. it's like, are you actually potentially going to grow a lot more if you were single in that time and dating other people? Because you get, when you're in a relationship with someone, you get to uncover more of yourself because your partner gets to see such a different side of you. Mm. And are you going to reduce the happiness of your life in throughout those three years? Because instead of going out and spending time with friends, you're wanting to come back home so you can message and FaceTime your partner for those three minutes yeah and if it is if you do decide it's worth it you can definitely make it work i definitely say quality of time over quantity of time or just make the connections quality even if you don't message each other through the day then have a good 30 minute connected facetime at night like remove all the shitty low level communication and just focus on quality communication over facetime say that's probably the best right So I definitely keep reassuring each other, keep catching, like save the stories from the day to tell them at night. If you have some, if something funny happened to you that day, save it until the nighttime and call your partner and speak to them about it. Don't just send them random messages throughout the day. That would be my advice. And 
on our front it's like fuck i don't think <laughs> fuck long distance relationships and we get that if, in if you can if you can um, not have to yeah it's like if you have a choice not to be long distance of like if you could actually move your job to where they are we would highly recommend that and we know in some cases that just isn't the case so what charlie said it generally is it comes down to your communication which i'm sure if you're long distance you've already researched this and they always say communication communication but it's the quality of the communication that you're having and i really do like what charlie said of making sure when you are having those phone calls it's like having a phone call every single day, a FaceTime phone call. That way you get to see the person, their tonality with what they're saying. Mm. They're more likely to say a lot more over a FaceTime than they are over a text message and share more about the story. Then not only that, I would start having like this fun banter. Like for example, when we didn't see each other 24 seven and I used to work at a different, like a marketing agency, Every time you saw a dog, you would take a photo and send it to me. Oh, yeah. And it's such a, that's not necessarily a big conversation starter. However, it is something that is like, whenever you saw a dog, you would think of me and send me a photo. Then in that moment, I'm like, oh, that's like, it made me feel so special because when you saw that, you thought of me. Yeah. So that's just something that it's like little things like that that you can create within your relationship. So even that you're on the other side of the world, if you're just in a different city, it's those little things that it's like something funny that adds the fun and the excitement back into the relationship that doesn't necessarily have to do. It's like adding that friendship, like what we spoke about in the last episode. Mm. It's creating that level of friendship back into the relationship, even when it's long distance. Yeah. I love it. You can definitely make it work. And it's just putting that work in. Excellent. So next question, we have four more to go. So. How to date. Yes. How to date in this generation with social media slash options at your fingertips. It's definitely different dating these days. Imagine our parents dating these days. How many people wouldn't be born? Mm. Do you ever think about that? It's like if all the, all of our parents' generation, if they were dating at this day and age, how many of them would have broken up? because they've got so many options. They've got so much, so many women, so many men showing up on their Instagram feed, so many different options, so many people saying this, that, and the other. It's like, would they have managed? So you might not have been born if your parents were born in this generation. It's such an illusion of choice though. It's like, yes, we have so many options now. Our options are either to create a deep connection. It's another option is to just look on at people's Instagrams and photos of people online. And another option is to pay for it, whatever needs you're wanting without, within a relationship or needs you have on your own. <laughs> However, it's like for you to actually be in a committed relationship, it's an illusion of options that you have out there. You could be in a relationship and you're seeing all these girls or guys on Instagram and you're like, oh, I could be dating them. I could be dating them. But in reality, it's an illusion of an option. Like, do you actually have the reality of you actually dating all those people that you think you have a chance with aren't that high, which is mean to say, yet statistically, that's exactly what it is. People just have an illusion. It depends how old you are and depends what you want in life. If you are 18 to 20 years old and the idea of a girlfriend's pretty cool or the idea of a boyfriend's pretty cool, it's like, just put yourself out there, have some fun, find out. 
But if you're, say, in your 25, 26, 27, and you're ready for a committed relationship, I'd say the biggest thing that would separate you from everyone else is talking to people in real life, not just relying on dating apps. Actually showing the confidence to walk up to people, start conversations, and have that confidence in person. And the best way you can build this up, I give it to all my clients who are low on confidence, is actually speak to five strangers every single day. And if that sounds scary, all you have to do is walk up to them and ask them for the time. And then you ask them for the time, ask for the name and say thank you. And then you build that up and start a conversation every single day talking to five strangers. Then all of a sudden, you are very confident in person. And all of a sudden, you can walk up to any girl you want and start a conversation. And that puts you so far ahead of every other man out there who's just hiding behind a screen on dating apps or every other woman out there who's scared to put themselves out there. It's so, so important to build up that confidence in person rather than just hiding behind a screen. And that's what puts you way ahead of everyone else and actually becoming happy in yourself. Mm. It's like build yourself up to a great person, then you'll attract that. That's great. So I feel like the next question is definitely for you. So how do you become securely attached? I feel like you're really great at attachment style, like explaining attachment styles. Yeah, attachment styles, basically how you show up in your human connections. And it's really amplified within your intimate relationship because your partner is going to be the closest person to you, the closest connection to you. And it's like, how do you show up in that? Learning about attachment styles really opened my eyes to so much. There's like the anxious attached who really crave that close connection, need that reassurance, always second guessing the relationship maybe. Then you have the avoidant attached who crave distance and a sense of self. So first steps really analyzing where you're at on that scale. Do you constantly need that reassurance? Do you constantly need to be close with your partner? Do you constantly need to check in if everything's okay? Or do you need that distance? Do you need time by yourself? So really check in where you're at on that scale. If you're anxious, for example, notice the feelings that come up, notice the thoughts that come up. And then you can overcome that by first becoming aware and then communicating to your partner, what do you actually need right now? What reassurance do you need? And then clearly communicating is how you get back to that secure state. And a great relationship will move you both towards becoming secure. That's the great thing about relationships. You can learn how to communicate in the most effective way. And that's how you get back to that secure state rather than constantly being anxious or constantly being avoidant. Because in relationships, so often an anxious person meets an avoidant person and they trigger the fuck out of each other. And it's such a painful relationship. But when you can actually work on those things together, clearly communicate, have full awareness around how you're showing up, then you can move towards being secure. So that's what I'd say about becoming secure. (laughs) Excellent. Wouldn't add anything else. And then the second last question is... How do you do Christmas with families? Is it half and half? Oh, you go on this one. So Christmas, I feel like this question was specifically, maybe what do we do specifically? Mm. So what we, I think we're very lucky that Charlie's family is in Wales and my family's in Australia here. So we are very, we spend Christmas with my family. Mm. So But however, for advice for you, I generally do believe it's like, what do you want to do? I feel like if you're genuinely just wanting to have Christmas with just you and your partner, know that that is also okay. I do believe there is a stigma around 
Christmas and family events that you should always be there, like show up for your family. There's an expectation there. Yet if you're not wanting to go to a particular Christmas for whatever reason that that is, that is also okay. And you shouldn't feel guilt or be guilt tripped into feeling bad for not going to a particular family's Christmas. So something that I have seen within my family, my big family dynamics, since there are a lot of cousins and a lot of people within my family, what I've seen work really well is a lot of people do one year it's with the one spouse's family and the next year it's with the other spouse's family and each year it's just on and off so it's like a switch every single year which works for some families and then for other families I've seen work really well for example my sister what she does every year her and her husband do every year it's every single year it's also her birthday on Christmas so she celebrates her birthday she celebrates Christmas with me and obviously our family and she also celebrates Christmas with her husband's family so each year they figure out when her husband's family is wanting to do a Christmas is it for breakfast or is it for lunch or dinner then once that's figured out then she organizes what she wants to celebrate Christmas with us if she's having Christmas breakfast with her husband's family we'll do lunch together and then we'll do her birthday at night So it really just is working that out and they work that out in advance. And she's just communicated those expectations through the year. Does that make sense? So it's not like a day before that you were like, okay, Mm. I'm not wanting to spend time with this particular person. And different families are different. Like my family don't care that much about Christmas. They're not that big on Christmas. So I don't bother going home for Christmas. There's a long way to go. And it's winter time in the UK, obviously. And it is freezing cold. It is raining. It is not very nice weather. It's very gray. And they don't like Christmas that much anyway. So not going to go home for Christmas. We'd rather go back to the UK when it's sunshine in June or July when it's summer in the UK. So it's just planning your life around that. Planning intentional life. If one family loves Christmas and celebrates more than the other, just go there for Christmas. At the end of the day, it's just a day, right? It's one day of the year. It really doesn't matter that much. But if one family makes it mean something really, like it's a really important thing for one family, then go to that family for Christmas. Just don't overcomplicate it. Like it's just one day of the year. Excellent. And then moving on to the very last question, which is, is okay, this guy that she's talking to avoids her serious questions about relationships and past relationships. And she asks us, why so why is he avoiding questions that i'm asking about our relationship well there could be so many reasons he could just be avoidant altogether he could not be interested in you he could not know how to develop deep emotional intimacy he could avoid conflict and difficult conversations can i ask from a girl's point of view particular Mm. in particular like if i was asking if we were in this situation Mm. and I was asking you questions about our relationship, Mm. would, sorry, you're touching my hair. Um, Would that also mean like maybe that you're just not wanting a serious relationship and this is just a casual fling? It could mean that. It could also mean I haven't fully checked in with myself. I don't know what I want. I'm just having fun right, like not having fun right now, but I'm just going with it right now. I've not fully checked in if this is something I want. 
Like it could mean that. But I feel like if you're, if you've been dating for a while and you've asked a, a question of, hey, what do you want from this relationship? You should know the answer. Like yeah. the guy should be clear on what he wants. And if he's been avoiding at that stage, it's really asking the question of, do you want this to work? Like, what are you wanting here? And really questioning that. If he keeps avoiding for long enough, it's like pretty obvious that he's not interested. So how long would you say that time frame would be? Like, I know it could be different. I personally don't believe it should be that long. And no. I don't believe it should be that. And it makes sense that it can be slightly different for everyone. However, if you've been dating someone for like six weeks and they're avoiding that, starting to avoid mm. those serious questions, I would think like, I've just, am I wasting my time here if I'm pursuing more? Yeah, if you really want a deep relationship with this person and they're avoiding it, if it's been six weeks, if it's been two months, it's like it's time to pull the plug if they're not going to take that shit. <laughs> if they're not going to own it, if they're not going to commit to it, then chances are they're not in this. And then on that, you did mention or did say that in, if you were in his scenario and you were the guy that was like, oh, I'm just like taking it easy, taking it. Mm. Like I'm just going with the flow and having fun at the moment. Mm. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I know it's so different for a lot of guys. I feel like the guy doesn't actually know what he wants. He's just doing the thing. He's in the moment. He's enjoying himself. And then you ask a serious question and then it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, we are dating, I guess. Like, oh, shit, is this actually what I want? So he might avoid that for a while, not knowing how to check in with himself, not knowing what he really wants, doesn't want to upset you, doesn't want to not have you. And he's just going round and round in his head. So that could be why he's avoiding because he's going around and around in his head, not sure what he wants. Yeah, And that can be so confusing for the other person yeah. in the situation when they do know what they want. Since I, like, for example, in my scenario, I feel like I've always known what I've wanted. So to hear that people just go with the flow and <laughs> don't know if they want or not. I always think like, how did you get to this point though? If you didn't know what you were wanting. Yeah. And I just make sense that we're all different and not everyone's going to. Not There's everyone's perfect these. like us. <laughs> yeah, so Someone funny. told me a quote is like, there's two types of people in this world. There's us and there's wankers. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. So they are the, I think we went over 10 questions there. Yeah, I think it was like 11 or something. I like that. We should do it more often yeah, where you cool. ask us questions. If you're listening to this and you want to get your questions answered, message us on Instagram with your questions or if you're with your situation, we can keep it anonymous if you want and we'll get those answered on the next podcast. Yes. I think it makes really good content. Yeah, 100%. And also within what you just said, if you want it to be spoken about on the podcast, let us know that you want it to be spoken about on the podcast. Because otherwise oh, yeah, we, get, we get sent a lot of these questions personally in our DMs and we just respond to them one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, so these were specifically talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, so it's like if you're wanting your questions to be asked on the podcast, send it to us. We normally put up a, a poll, Q, yeah, a poll Q and a on our stories mm. or send us a direct DM, but mention that you want it to be said on the podcast. Amazing. And if you're wanting any further help with your relationship, if you want to get to know more of the skills on how to create a great relationship, there'll be links in the description to our programs, go check them out. And other than that, send this video to your partner as well. Send this podcast to your partner, listen to it together, talk about it, build up that intellectual intimacy and, Start creating a great relationship. Yay. Have a great afternoon, guys. See ya.